What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Undialed Podcast. This is the fourth episode, which is really awesome. We're in, we're actually doing something new on this podcast. We're doing a Zoom call style podcast because of this crazy pandemic. That's how a lot of these are going to have to be. Um, but we have a special guest today, and I'm going to have this special guest introduce himself. So, who are you, sir? Hey, everybody. My name's uh, John Hamrick. Uh, everybody calls me Hammy, uh, like the food. Uh, so don't call me John because I probably won't respond, um, <laughs> only to some people. Um, I'm from Baird, Delaware, uh, currently residing in San Diego, California, uh, living at the, the luxurious Brillo Pad uh, with John Dev and Ernie Young and R.I.P. Jay Kershey. He just moved out. Oh, dude. Um, so the, the Brillo pad has like such a legacy, I feel like, like within scootering. Like that's like, like if you're going to go to any house in San Diego, you're going to go to the Brillo pad. Tell me, tell me about like, what's it like been to live in that house? Like over these years, like I'm sure you've had some crazy experiences and stuff like, but, but just the environment, what's that? What, what has that yeah. been like? Um, It's definitely been wild. Um, Definitely. Definitely didn't ever think that, uh, like I moved out here four years ago. So even, even five years ago, I never would have thought like I would be doing what I'm doing now, you know? Um, what, what are you doing now? I'm working at the scooter farm, uh, work a couple days a week in the shop, uh, doing customer service, retail stuff, and then, uh, do a bunch of video work on the side, do some video projects for the farm. Um, done a bunch of projects for ethic North, uh, done a bunch of other scooter companies um so pretty much just trying to shoot videos and take as many photos as i can honestly don't let this man undersell himself he was a great filmer and he's filmed some amazing <laughs> scooter parts and and it's it's been really sick i feel like when you first moved to san diego you weren't so much of a filmer but you've really grown into this position like because there's been such a need for us with the farm and just all of the, all of your friends that have like sponsors. What what's that been like to be like the filmer, like becoming like the filmer of all these legendary scooter riders? Um. Well, for honestly, the very first time I really felt like holy shit, like um, like this is crazy. Yeah. It was when um, uh, Matt McKean had a video come out about like a year or two ago, I think, and. And he was hitting me up to like go out and film him and shit. And like, I had like the, I had the intro clip and I had his ender too. And I was just like, yo, like what? Like Matt has <laughs> been a very good friend of mine for a bunch of years now. Um, but as a kid, as a kid, like Matt McKean was who I looked up to, like just as much as like kids look up to like uh, Tony Hawk and shit like that, you know, yeah, yeah, like, for real. Matt McKean was like the epitome of like a phenomenal scooter rider back in the day when there weren't too many, um, I feel like very a very talented scooter riders. I feel like especially since you live on the East Coast and he was such an East Coast rider. You know what I mean? I feel like you were just oh, kind yeah, of yeah. You, you heard from people at skate parks about him and like he was just kind of the man. Oh yeah, definitely. I was in I was in North Carolina um in like my senior year of high school when I first picked up scootering again after quitting for a little bit. Yeah. Um, a dude was like, Hey, like, do you know a scooter rider named Matt McKean? And I was like, the fuck i was like yeah he was like yo i'm from he was like yo i'm from virginia like i used to like skate his local and like saw him there all the time and like he's so crazy and i was like yo what the fuck like what a small world <laughs> for real dude i feel like the scootering world is such a small world i feel like i i come across people all the time like yo you know so and so and i'm like 
yeah, actually, I do. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, even just last night, a kid, like uh, a homie that I'm friends with, uh, grew up with on the East Coast, and he has nothing to do with scootering, like with me. Like, we weren't friends because of scootering or anything, and uh, like shared Dante's backflip down El Toro. And I was just like, yo, like, I know him. Like, it's my homie. Like, <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, they're like, what? And then, like, people tag me in like all these dudes, like videos and shit. I'm like, yep, I've, I've, I've seen it. Like, there's been a couple know it. there's been a couple times where like some friends from high school will like send me an instagram video of some scooter rider doing something and the one oh, the, yeah. the one t- instance i can really like remember is when uh Rumet did like the 360 flip drop at, yeah. at corby and i remember like i was there when he did it and i actually filmed it so i filmed the <laughs> clip that he posted and then my homie from high school sent me the clip and i was just like <laughs> Yo, have you seen this? This shit was crazy, huh? It's like, um, I was behind the lens, bro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Yo, that's I don't so know. Deep. It's just funny. But, but, dude, so tell me about like filming Scoot Fest because Scoot Fest just happened and that was like a crazy competition. And you have, you've been yeah. doing all this filming in the past and it's like, let up, because this is your most recent project, right? Yeah, Scoot Fest. Yeah, for sure. So tell me what it was like filming all those videos because you had like a short amount of time to do that. I feel like that was different than other video projects where there wasn't a con- constrained time frame like this like i'm sure you had to like just tell me about it i'm so curious yeah um so um i was on this scooter farm went on a trip fucking i don't know probably about a month before scoot fest and chris ferris came with us so um yeah 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 so he like on the trip he was kind of in the background he's like on the phone with like action space like trying to like talk to people and then like scoot fest got brought up and he he kind of gave me an idea of like how they were going to do scoot fest this year it was um, really, I didn't really confusing yeah i didn't think too much of it until we got back home from the trip i was probably home for about a week and and becca ortiz hit me up and she's like yo hammy like scoot fest has this shit going on blah 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 like gave me the rundown uh she like gave me the pdf file that had like all the rules and all that stuff on it and I was like, yeah, like for sure, I'll film you. And then literally that night, Chris Ferris hits me up. Hey, dude, like, do you want to film my Scoop Fest video? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, yeah, word, I can do that too. I can do that too. And then the next day, Derek Marr hits me up. Hey, dude, can you film my Scoop Fest video? <laughs> like, fuck yeah, like I can do all three. That's, that should be all right. Um, it was definitely weird. Um, we had 15 days, I think. Um, we did it in seven. Um, not not because it went very well that's not <laughs> why we got it done in seven days um we definitely had a huge hiccup in the beginning um and that led us to what a was very the, very slow start what was the hiccup in the beginning um well uh chris was just super stressed out uh trying to make sure everyone had a filmer and stuff like that because that's huge like for this because we of course we at first were like um at first we kind of looked at it like a video contest kind of like coalition you know what i'm saying yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's going to be it's going to be judged heavily on video quality editing blah 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 song choice which turned it turned out that wasn't really the case um for the main stuff it was all just trick based um yeah which probably could have helped a little bit um with like us getting started a little bit quicker but so chris was like stressed on everyone like getting a filmer blah 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 um, so he came down a couple days late and then, um, there was just a little bit of struggle and a little bit of com- confusion, a lot of confusion on, on what the event was, how they're going to judge the event, um, like all this different stuff. And so it kind of, kind of put a, a lack in, into filming. Um, and then the last, 
the last two days we had were a weekend were Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Um, well, Monday was the day we had to film as well, but, um, Saturday and Sunday were like our main last two days of film. And it was supposed to rain here in SD. What? Like what? Like out of all, out of all days. Yeah. Yeah. It's always sunny. Though. How many? <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like out of all the days it could fucking rain. It chooses to rain the two days that we have left to film at Scoofest. So we ended up going to Woodward and finishing up filming there. And, um, I mean, other than that, it went really good. Like it was definitely a, a little bit of a struggle on everyone's end just because yeah. we were so confused and, and didn't really know how this was all going about. Um, but it turned out sick. Like everything yeah. was awesome. Like filming with everyone was sick. Like being at Woodward just all by ourselves, just like hanging out together, like me and like a bunch of park rats, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we we'll normally hang out with people like of that, like, style you know i don't film that style of scootering too often um i think so it's it, kind of different for me too so it's pretty sick i think that like within the scootering community i feel like there's kind of a lack of park edits i feel like we see plenty mm. of park things on instagram you know it's it's pretty much oh, i yeah. feel like equal 50 50 of park and street on instagram but like but like edits it's like there's not anywhere near the amount of park edits there is street yep. edits so like this was actually like really cool because it was like, damn, these park writers have to go and like film and edit, you know? I mean, it was basically like an Instagram oh, yeah. video. It was only a minute long, but like, but yeah, like it was yeah, cool yeah. to like put that on. And oh, I really wish that like more park writers would release like hard edits. Cause like, and not just like day edits or like three day edits. Oh, I like, know. I mean, yeah, like, but take some months, take some time, like really take some real. time in the park to really film some crazy shit, like, and put it together. Well, you know, not just like, Oh, I filmed this crazy trick. I can't wait to post it, but like film that shit and save it and like keep it with you. So like months down the road, it's, it's not a, like a washed out clip. You're not yeah. like, Oh, now this clip's stale. Like, like you hold onto a clip for months and it's still not stale to you or to the public. That's a phenomenal feeling for real. Like, like a what? great, a way better feeling than just having that instant, uh, gratuity. You know what I'm saying? What do, you, what do you think it would take for park riders to really start diving into edits more? Like what, like what push in the scootering world do you think that would take? Um, I did. I think it's just everyone being friends and everyone just hanging out. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like Chris, like Chris Ferris came with us on our, uh, filming trip for the scooter farm this past month, a couple of months. And it was like a three and a half week trip. And he filmed like, this is probably Chris Ferris's first, uh, full street part that he's ever done and like i knew that it would be crazy like i was like dude chris so ferris good. This so good. Like, that's what i'm saying i was just like dude like i just want to see chris ferris bar back up a handrail like a real handrail not something out of skate park like at some school or in some alleyway like you know what i'm saying like Do you i just i just want to see that so bad and i just think it's going to take Park riders, street riders to, I mean, dudes our age, we don't kind of, we don't separate those two things. Yeah, we yeah. know that we're all one, but the growing generation doesn't see it like that. So for in the future of scootering for park riders to start creating videos in the parks, like uh, street dudes do in the streets, like it's just going to take them to come together and start being like, yo, we all just ride, like yeah. we all just scooter and like people like different things, like just let them like shit. Do you, know, do you know what I think is interesting is I feel like the reason that there's so many street edits within scootering is because the top street riders in the sport, like, really put a lot of emphasis on that. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's a really, like, like 
sacred thing i feel like for for the street riders in the sport like you're gonna sh- you're gonna demonstrate your work with an edit that's how it's done and i feel like that's just kind of yeah. the norm but i feel like within like potentially like the park side of scootering i feel like the pros their focus is competitions and i feel like that same focus they have towards competitions is that same focus that street riders have towards edits have towards so, yeah, so yeah, i feel yeah. like i feel like for park riders to really start like filming edits consistently and wanting to put a lot of time into it. I feel like you would take a push from the older side of scootering, but like the park side of scootering to do that. And I think the, a, a really good natural way for that to happen would potentially be contests that are video, like video based. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. because that's kind of taking all of like the, the energy that park riders are putting into like comps, but then the comp is the video. So then all that energy would be put yeah. into the video. And I feel like that might be able to start a path towards park riders making more edits because I feel like the, the, the coolest thing about like park scooter riders is like, is like how they are able to maneuver their scooter, like in midair. And I feel like that's yeah. such an upper hand above street, like street riders. It's like, it's like the average park kid can like triple up, fly out, like not a problem, but like in street, yeah. like triple up out of anything is like, oh, you did a, like a pretty hard trick out of that, you know? Yeah, so facts, it's like you facts. take you take a you take a little like a, a, a park rider and you put them and you put them onto like riding rails, ledges or whatever. And they just like they struggle with like the grind or like the like the, the street part of it. But then they do like some crazy tricks out. And it's just like, I, I don't know, I just. It's just so intriguing that I wish these bridges would like gap a little bit. And I, w- I wish that kids would realize how much potential they have in like the whole broad range of scootering instead oh, of just yeah. micro focusing on just one thing, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. When I was um, when I was at Woodward, Cody Flom would like pick up my scooter and uh, my scooter is significantly bigger <laughs> than Cody yeah. Flom's scooter. Um, and, but he would pick my scooter up and like ride like, uh, the mini ramp or just like even ride the spank and just do like simple grabs and like bar to grabs and stuff over the, over the spank and stuff. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, like, dude, I was like, Cody Flom, you on that scooter is so good. <laughs> For um, real. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, you need to film a street part. Like, I want to see you film a street part, but like, like, I don't want to see you film it on this little scooter. I was like, I want to see you do it on the big scooter. Like. Um, but Cody Flom at Woodward did the he in his scoop video, he did double bar front brow. That was insane over the spank, and I don't know that that was probably my favorite trick I've ever seen in scootering, in my opinion. Um, that's just me. But when he did <laughs> how that, do you do that? I was like, how do you do that? You like? Whoop. I was in awe. Like I was just like, dude. Um, <laughs> but like when when Chris was on our trip, he was like, dude. The one thing I regret is the scooter I brought. You know, and I was like, dude. Well, like, why can't these park, like white park dudes and street dudes, like look at Tom, Tommy Christiana, Nick Tedrick and John Dev. Like they were all huge park rats back in the day yeah, yeah. and we're doing crazy high flying tricks. Like John Dev used to like double truck fly boxes, like giant fly boxes. Um, but they were That's on these so tiny, think about. tiny little, <laughs> oh, it is, it's insane. <laughs> but they were on these tiny little scooters and it's like, like Cody Fom's scooter is sick. Like for him, you know, for doing double bar front bry, like. Yeah, that's yeah, insane yeah. You, he needs you need a scooter, a scooter. That's, yeah you need a scooter that size but you, they like what's wrong with having two scooters like get two scooters film a street part you know like also do both like you you have the capability um but it, it all leads down to that competition is their biggest thing you know like competing is their biggest thing cody farm goes out and films a street part breaks his fucking leg back lifting some stupid handrail or like board sliding a handrail like 
he's going to feel so dumb. He's going to be like pissed. Like he's going to be pissed at himself, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like how I am at a skate park. Like I go to a skate <laughs> park and I try some dumb trick and I hurt my wrist and then I can't film. I'm like, dude, like what? Why am I trying this? Like dude, I could have totally just been it. <laughs> Yeah, so so there's it, it's hard. It's hard to to have these park dudes go out and film crazy videos, you know, because like to them, that's not their, that's not their main goal. Their main goal isn't to film those crazy videos. I feel like there's also like quite a bit of backend stuff that needs to happen for an edit to like really work well. And I feel like you can't go to the skate park with just your iPhone, for example, like you need to have like a camera. The next thing is, is like, if you have a camera, you need to also have a computer and then you need to have a computer that has an yeah, editing thanks. software. And then once you have the editing software, then you have to like learn how to use all of those things. You know oh, yeah. It's a lot. It, ta- it takes a lot. It definitely takes a lot. And it, but it, I also think it comes, it comes into play with companies, companies so and true. what they want from their dudes. It's like mad, mad dudes who ride for these big fucking companies. They, they're like, Oh, you have to post this many times on Instagram. It's like, yo, fuck that. Like, why don't you tell them like, why don't you tell them like you have to be filming for a video or something like, like, dude, I miss like park videos. I miss park videos so much. Like growing up, like I started writing in 2006. Like that's all I had. I didn't have Instagram. I didn't have all these things where it's so quick to just like get this, sh- these clips and shit, like right to your fucking eyes. It's like, dude, I miss that. And I feel like that's what scootering is, is missing. Like we're missing that, that, that soul, you know, so- like, so here's here's an interesting uh, concept that I've I've thought about quite a bit, and I think it's potentially an area that scootering lacks a little bit compared to you. I'm going to compare it to skateboarding, and I feel like one thing about skateboarding that's that's such a critical factor in skateboarding is the fact that Thrasher basically uploads all of the skate videos, and and that's that's really awesome because because when a video gets uploaded to to thrasher it's like it's like it already has a, an audience that's following thrasher that's going to like see all of that stuff so it's like people don't have to go to a whole bunch of different like like in scootering when if somebody wants to like see an edit for a particular person it's not going to be on like one youtube channel you know what i mean it's going to yeah, be like yeah. they have to find out who the person is sponsored by go to their go to their youtube channel that probably has like 2000 subs and then go watch the video and because it has 2000 subs it doesn't do well and the person gets discouraged because they think that that's a self that those numbers are a reflection of who they are as a person but it's like if we had some sort of central page and scootering where all edits got posted then i feel like park writers would have way more of an incentive to film edits because they they knew when that edit was done that x amount of people are going to see it because every single upload up until then got a lot of views and got a lot of oh, attention. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like that's a critical area within scootering that like needs to be bridged in some sort of way. It's just a consistent, easy place for media to be consumed one spot. And that's what yeah. I've, that's what I've really like tried to do with like the undialed Instagram on like for at least like Instagram videos and clips. Like the whole like initial idea was like, if somebody's like into scootering, they can like follow and dial and get like a taste of what the community is. You know what I mean? A taste yeah. of like a whole different aspects of writing. And, but, it, but it's like, but it's like, and then me and Clayton initially, when we first started on dialed, we thought about like doing the YouTube channel thing. But like, honestly, I don't think like me and Clayton are like the people to do it within the sport, like within the scene. I feel like, I feel like 
the most ideal situation would be getting trend kill to to oh, like yeah to like getting a definitely. really solid base behind trend kill because dude like imagine if like for example like envy has some park kid who's really really killing it and they just paid trend kill to like put up their video put up the video you know exactly I mean? and exactly it, it, and it's one easy way to watch these videos dude like you don't have to go fucking looking all over the internet yeah i just i really like i want to see trend kill win so bad oh like, dude i'm the same way when when david and matt told me that they're bringing it back i was so stoked i was like oh thank god like please we need something we need something for these dudes and um, we definitely need something for the, cause I love all the random videos too, like from like, uh, foreign countries, like all these random kids that you've never even heard of before. Real, and you're yeah, like, yeah, Holy yeah. shit. Like they, they shred the filmers are sick, editing sick. Not all the time, not all the time. <laughs> the videos are that good, but a lot of the time they are. And it's just, it's a good way to, to, for kids who, for kids who have a camera, kids who want to keep pursuing this, this filming and just keep pursuing videos and stuff like that just a great place for them to have their their videos showcased to the whole industry like instead of instead of them just getting hidden away behind all the bullshit of instagram yeah yeah, you know having trend kill if trend kill can keep building themselves up and with everyone's support they will continue to do that um then I think I think that would push scootering in definitely a great direction, especially video wise. Yeah, because people are going to start to to have that have that want to be on trend kill. Like, oh, I want my video on trend kill. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. Yeah, um, I feel like there is I a think, lot. Of I kids think it would be huge. I feel like there is a lot of kids these days that like. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of kids these day these days that that really do make videos for trend kill. Like they specifically go out oh, and film yeah. for trend kill. Does do you know? Does Olay the Olay uploads edits similar to like Trend Kill? Oh, oh yeah, Olay is another one too. Olay is um, another one. Yeah. In, in the in the beginning in the beginning of Olay, I was kind I was kind of iffy, but I was the same way about the scooter farm when I first found <laughs> out about John Dev riding. When John Dev, when I was living in Delaware, John Dev and he told me he started riding for the scooter farm. I was like, what the fuck is the scooter farm? This sounds <laughs> corny. I was like, what is that? And then, like, uh, it was, like, their first hoodie they did. It was, like, a pullover. It was black. Had the red, like, old-school-looking yep. uh, scooter on it with, the, said, the scooter farm. And I was, like, damn, that is fly. Like, <laughs> uh, so it's kind of, Olay's kind of, I feel the same way about how I did in the beginning. But, nah, like, Jared Allison, he's the man. Like, he For loves real. scootering. And he just wants to, he wants to just use all the knowledge and stuff that he intakes throughout his life and just push all of that into scootering which is like to me the coolest fucking thing ever because i'm doing the same thing for real in a different way we but, all are. and there's tons of, <laughs> yeah exactly there's tons of people doing that so when i see people that really want to put their all into this industry that you know and we can't tell you where we're going to be 10 years from now you know yeah. like it's scary to think about but at the same time i don't even give a shit because like this is what needs to happen and for scootering to grow. So Olay's sick as fuck. They put mad people on the map. Um, post like even their Instagram, like I, I hate Instagram, but like they do such Instagram a good job posts, on Instagram. Oh, dude, they, they, they do the, like the top five underrated writers of the week or whatever and stuff like that. And it's like these dudes I've never even heard of. And they're fucked. Like these kids are insane. Isn't, isn't it crazy how many kids on Instagram you just have never heard of. And then you see an Instagram video and you're like, damn, like they, 
yeah. you know where that came from. <laughs> Dude, it it makes it makes me so like it just makes me my heart filled with so much joy thinking that like there's so many kids out there scootering like how I was as a kid, you know, every day, all day. I didn't I didn't care about anything else. All I wanted to do was just scooter with my homies and learn new tricks. Like so like it's cool that like kids are still doing that today. Do you know what you know what probably is like one of the the coolest things for about scootering for me is like is like how how much scootering is thriving. And I feel like I feel like it, it's common especially and I feel like America and and in spots like old scooter hot spots or just like spots that were really hot with scooters it's kind of like something I feel like people talk like like oh scooters aren't what they were in 2016 or 2000 you know what I'm trying to say like they, yeah, people people yeah, always yeah. try to like like scooters aren't what they are it's like scooters aren't what they are anymore like they always just try to like put down scootering in one way but like I genuinely think like at this very moment right now I think scootering is thriving more than it ever has been because of the international effect that's happening and it and what's what's in, what's insane for me to think about is like the most viewed scooter YouTuber who consistently makes scooter only content is actually a French vlogger that like makes French Dang. vlog videos and he gets like hundreds of thousands of views on like his scooter videos where he's just talk like as if like Raymond Warner is doing like you know what I mean like, yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. just doing like scootering stuff but it's all in French so he has like a huge audience in Canada like in French Canada he has a huge Ooh. audience in France there's a lot of like parts in Africa that all speak French because they were like French colonies mm. and it's like the whole there's this whole side of scootering that like we haven't seen and then like in Asia, like scootering is going to like take off in Asia. You know what I mean? Like, and then when that oh. happens, there's going to be these whole pockets of these like groups of homies that we're going to like meet that like we have, we have no idea who they are now. And it's just like, that's what gets me so excited about scootering. It's like all like, like how it's just growing. So like out of control. <laughs> yeah, it is. It definitely is. I mean, like the, the videos and the writing and the trick selections that kids today can look up to even dude the scooters that they can start on dude for like real, i started for real I, I started on a razor pro model that was all bolted up and like i would bolt my bars together so it'd be one piece bars and like <laughs> these kids have these crazy ass scooters that like i'm like dude imagine if like if you think about um like john dev like that generation of scootering um matt all those dudes fuller like if you if they started on the scooters that they can buy from the scooter farm and the vault and all these crazy shops, like if they could have bought these scooters and started and seen that and the tricks that these dudes are doing nowadays, like dude, the kids today, the kids today would be even more fucked than they already are. Could you imagine? Like, because these kids, yeah, it's <laughs> insane. These kids have, these kids have these crazy videos to look up to and, and they're 12. Like there's a kid in Lakeside, little Chris on Instagram. Like, uh, he's a little homie, um, literally 13 years old, yo. He's nasty. Like his style is just like, what? Like when I was 13, I didn't even know style. I was wearing like skinny jeans from the <laughs> girls section of Hot Topic. Like the colored skinny jeans. <laughs> I was like, my man got a chain on like big old baggy pants. Like just look like a little thug, like, and like doing like feeble Smith finger whips on like hubbas and shit. Like, I'm just like, bro, like these little kids just have so like, they don't understand what they have, you know? I'm sure uh, so much of that ha- pushing it. I'm sure so much of that is, is due to like the, how good the parts are. It has to be. Oh, you know what I'm trying yeah. to get? It, it has no. to be. And we're like, the pioneers. 
And like, the I just pioneers, think, man. I just think about like a 50, 50, for example, it's like, there was like a good chunk of scootering where like 50, 50s were like a really hard trick because, because the decks just like wouldn't really allow it. You know what I'm trying to say? Oh, like, yeah. like it was like doing 50, 50s on like 4.5, like good yeah. luck, you know? And yep. what's so funny is like when I first started scootering, decks were so skinny and I like hyper-focused on 50s. And then like as time we got on, the decks got wider and wider. And it's just like, I was like, ah, I probably should have focused on other things. Like this, yeah. this trick would have came like later. <laughs> For real. But so the tricks itself, man, like 50s, 50s happen. Like 50, 50s have been happening for a long ass time. Like I, I used to ride, like I would get long ass axles and put like a shit ton of bearings on them, yep. you know, on my, yep. on my like pro mods. And, but like, it's it just, it's all perfected now. Like everything's getting perfected in scootering, like decks, um, styles of decks, like, um, and how, how well they're made, like to do these tricks, you know, like, um, people finally fucking figuring out like wheelbase in scooter decks, like for foot space and stuff like that. Um, what I it's find just it, like all, it's all getting perfected. What I found was so interesting about like scooters is the fact that like when they built like the razor foldable scooter, like they, they basically like, were not thinking so much about like the riding experience as, as, as much as like scooter companies these days are, you know what I mean? So it's like oh, a lot yeah. of the the parts they have on those like old scooters, like the foldable scooters and stuff are just like these kind of less weird random sizes that were like good for production. Like it, they were yeah. cheap for production, but so that was the yeah. sizes they got made, you know? And <laughs> and it's like the, those sizes are the sizes that like scooter companies like have to work with, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's the template. And it's just funny for me to think about it. It's like what, like 24 millimeter wide wheels. Like that's the standard scooter wheel width. And, and it's like th- that width is the standard rollerblade wheel size. So like when Razor like made their first scooters, they just went to a rollerblade company and just got a bigger wheel and was like, yep, we're just going to yeah, use this. Like, oh, look at this. We could use uh, just a little bit more. All right. <laughs> and, and like there was no thought put into that. You know, it's just some random number that was cheap mm. for production. And it's funny because it's yep. like now we're trying to figure out like all of these like rudimentary sizes like 30 millimeter wheels came out 12 standard came out like deck deck thickness is like a lot like something interesting to me it's like that varies so much brand to brand and it's just like it's i feel like scootering is so exciting on the part side because there's so much innovation i feel like compared to any other action sport it's like it's like scooter scooter kids like expect a brand new extrusion every time a deck drops and that's like crazy yeah it is it is pretty crazy to think about (laughs) like that um and it's like in 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 the skateboarding world it's like let's look at skate decks like 10 years ago like the graphics are different now like yeah (laughs) but yeah yeah like the the shapes have have all been perfected in skateboarding for decades you know um so no one's too worried about that about like creating a new a new skateboard shape you know what i'm saying like no one that's not a thing people think about in this day and age like it's just so old um, but in today that's, that's what scootering has to think about. And it's what these kids look forward to, you know, like when a new deck comes out and they get bummed when it's like the same one as the last one, you just put a but new color on it. <laughs> it definitely still, it definitely, I mean, although we may see, we may feel like these scooter decks and stuff have been perfected already. Like, dude, dude I, I don't mean, think they have. Yeah. I don't, oh, I don't, I don't either by far. Like every, like I, a couple of years ago, I was like, no, nah, dude, like this is, this is a scooter I want to ride. I love this deck. I love the feel, the bar height, the bar width, everything's perfect. A year later, it's like, I ride someone else's scooter who's like, shit is like just a little bit different than mine. I'm like, 
nah, this is way better than what I ride. <laughs> and then I switch over, like literally just happened like the other day. I um, forgot my, my scooters at the shop. We had to close the shop down for a day because um, they, had, they were like pouring concrete right out front of the shop, like uh, filling in the sidewalks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, damn, like I can't even go to the farm and get my scooter. Like we're not even gonna be able to get in there. And John like had built another scooter just out of spare parts. And he was like, you could ride this one, but it doesn't have front pegs. And I was like, ah, fuck. Like I don't want to ride a scooter without front pegs. <laughs> like, but like, dude, I rode all day that day and loved it. Like had a blast. Like fifties were just like sliding so much better without the pegs in my way. And, um, now I like don't ride front pegs anymore. Like, like what? Like my whole <laughs> life, I was just like, I'm always going to ride pegs, blah, blah, blah. Then square dropouts came and I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I guess I got to get used to square dropouts. And then, um, I got used to that and I was like, yeah, this is fine. Like with the two front pegs, like, this is fine. I'll never stop riding the front pegs though. And then now look at me 25 changing how I'm riding my scooter. So it's funny. I feel like. I feel like years ago is like, that's how you determine that somebody rode street is when they had pegs at their scooter. You know, like, I mean, I like way back it. in the day, yeah. like, that's how you knew. <laughs> oh, oh, you ride pegs, you must be street. And like, what? <laughs> and my favorite thing about pegs back in the day is they never matched the thickness of the deck extrusion. So like half, oh, of, the time, not. half of the time, Doc, people would be like riding on their deck and the peg would just be hovering over the ledge. It literally crisp decks like the when John rode for crisp, I used to get all his hand me downs, and I rode four pegs at the time. And like I'm telling you, I was doing fifties on five wides, like no problem. My pegs were not touching. I promise, like <laughs> my pegs did not touch. You like, missed I would, the fifty. I would, that's when the pegs hit. All, yep, <laughs> the pegs would hit and make that like nails on a chalkboard sound. And I'm like yeah. ah, shins rub against the fucking angle iron. <laughs> yeah that's funny as shit <laughs> dude i think it's so funny like how how like pegs just in scootering like vary like over every size like i feel like in biking it's like four inches is like the standard like i feel like that's pretty much yeah. what every biker rides but like it's it's scootering it's like remember when elliot arnold's making like shotgun pegs and they were just like they're literally oh, like yeah. nothing. And, yeah, compare, little nubs. and then compare that to like a full-size like epic 12 standard peg it's like <laughs> <laughs> that's not even the same piece of equipment like i know definitely not not even close <laughs> that is crazy screwing come a long way man it's crazy to, to have seen so much of it like starting riding in 2006 you know like a lot of these kids that like come to the scooter farm and they're shredders like these little kids are nasty and um they're just like when did you start riding and i was like you weren't even born dog like <laughs> That's weird to think about, like, because I'm only 25. Like, that doesn't feel that old, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. And then when I'm around these kids, I'm just like, what? Like, you're telling me you weren't even born yet? And like, they're, they're looking at, mean? they're looking at you like an old man. Like, you got your life figured out, and you're just like, you're just like, I don't even know if you eat for dinner tonight, kid. <laughs> like, oh, he's got a, he's got a car. Oh, he's got facial hair. He must know what he's he, doing in life. He has a girlfriend. <laughs> He must have it all going for Dude, him, you know? you remember when you were a kid, you really thought that about, like, people our age now? Oh, yeah, definitely all the time, <laughs> dude. Like, like babysitters and stuff and, like, or people that would, like, watch me in, like, after school care and shit. Like, they were, like, literally my age or even younger. And I used to think they were so old. So like, old. I, 
I can't wait to be like that. And I'm like, damn. (laughs) Man, I wish I could go back to being a kid and not giving a fuck about anything. (laughs) For real, dude. Like, I feel like, like, you know what's so funny is like, I I feel like I kind of like I really try to make a point out of like undialed like make a point between like me and Clayton and just like undialed in general I really try to tell kids like yo me and Clayton like don't know what we're doing like we're trying to figure this out like every day like like oh yeah like like I and then I like tell them the next thing it's like you know everyone in this world doesn't know what they're doing like everyone's trying to figure this out because I feel like kids these days they get I feel like especially with like the social media influence on their life I feel like they have a lot like so much more pressure to like feel like they have to have things like figured out you know but no one's got shit oh yeah nobody and and it's just like like i feel like i'm in like a unique position in scootering where i get to like tell kids tell kids that like tell kids like yo no one knows what they're doing and like they actually listen to me you know what i mean and i feel like that's like i feel like you're in the same position like working at the farm where like you when you tell a kid something they're gonna listen to you because oh yeah because they care about scootering. You care about scootering. You're like a, a gatekeeper to them or something like that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. They walk into the scooter farm. They walk into the scooter farm and they look at the employee. Like, I mean, it's not many employees at the scooter farm, but they like look at us behind, behind the counter. Like we're some like, like not like, I don't even know how to put it, but they just, they look at us different just because like they love scootering and this is where they get all their parts. And, like when we have summer camps and we get boxes of parts in that we need to like stock up in the shop, like me and Doug are always like, Hey guys, you want to like, uh, put away some parts. And they're all just like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah. Cause I do not feel like stocking all this stuff. Just so Tom like, you got so hard. Yeah, facts, exactly. <laughs> but they just see it so much differently because this is something that they just care about so much more than like when they go to school, like, that not everyone is scootering at school, you know? So this is something that is, that is very, very personal to them. You know, scootering is a very, per- I mean, all action sports is very personal. Yeah. And I think that's why like we all love it so much because there isn't anyone telling us what to do. We don't have coaches on the sideline yelling at us, making us do drills and making us practice tricks and all that stuff. Like if I don't want to do a trick, I don't got to do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. So I think, I think that's another cool thing too about scootering and, and kids see that kids see that kids understand that it's personal to them and that no one else is doing it. Like besides them and their homies facts. Um, so when they see people like us, they just, they, they're going to look up to us. Like, even if you're the scummiest person on earth, you could be Stan Smirnoff and <laughs> fucking kids That's are still so going to look up to you <laughs> because you can, you can air 30 feet over coping. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like for real, dude. So, so listen to this. I feel like, I feel like scootering, like I, I was, I was thinking like a, like a while ago about like, like, why do people like love scootering? Like, what, like, why do I love scootering? Like, why do people in general like love scootering so much? And I think it comes down to two things. It comes down to how organic scootering is and how specialized scootering is. And let me explain really quick. I feel like when you go on to like any, any action, like any action sport, like if you hop on a skateboard, if you hop on a bike, if you hop on a scooter, if you hop on rollerblades, like no matter what you hop on, I feel like at least to scooter riders, like scooters felt like the most organic thing right off the bat. And then the next step beyond that is specialized. I feel like one reason people really love scootering is how specialized they can make their equipment compared to other things. I feel like 
I feel like, and that goes along with just scooter riders' personalities. Like if you look at any scooter rider, like they're going to have some crazy little phone case. They're going to have some stickers and some weird spots. Everything in their life is so specialized. You know what I mean? And it's like, I think that's such an attraction to scooter riders to scootering is, is the specialized like end of it. And I feel like the other side of it is the organic side of it. I, I feel like if you, if you think about like when like bird and Uber, like, like, started to like put out scooters. It's like, why do they choose scooters over electric skateboards, over electric bikes, all over other things? It's like, because that from a consumer side was the most organic and easiest thing to use initially. And, and the other thing about it is it's also the thing that can make the most specialized. If you look at every single scooter company, they all have very unique looking scooters. Oh yeah. Very different. And I think that it's just, it's just so interesting. And I think that's why scootering has so much longevity and so much like, and it's going to be around for so long is, is the fact of how organic it is and how specialized it is. I think, I think those two factors are so critical to what scootering is to like, to everyone, you know? Oh yeah. Oh dude. I mean, I used to say all the time, man, like if the pro side of scootering ever dies, like dudes getting paid by companies, blah, 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 like contests die out. Um, the whole competition scene, street riding dies out these scooter shops like the vault the scooter farm uh bayfront like all these scooter shops like from the whole globe there's tons of scooter shops dude for real um, they're always going to thrive because yo a kid is always going to have you have to learn how to skate you have to learn how to ride a bike you have to learn how to ride on roller skates like a scooter yo literally anyone can pick up a anybody. scooter and go on it anybody like yeah, there's some people who who can't do it as well as others, um, but it's it's significantly easier and way more like susceptible to society as as a whole from this age of five all the way up to your fucking senior citizens. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's anyone can get on one and just push on it. You don't have to learn anything. Like, so I don't know. Scootering will always be around, no matter what. Like. I think I think another thing that attracted me to scootering so much compared to like skateboarding is is when I like when I first got into scootering I got this sense that I was like on the forefront of an industry. I felt like if I was to like pick up and really specialize in skateboarding um I would be basically joining an already moving train. Like jo- yeah. joining an already moving thing that that where I wouldn't potentially have a critical piece in it because all of the critical pieces have pretty much happened and unless you want to become top of the top dude, you know? And, and I feel like one thing that really attracted me to scootering was just how kind of things were unorganized and, and there's so many niches for me to like fit in. And, and I feel like that's like, that's one thing that's so awesome about scootering, especially like for anyone getting into it now is it's like, we're writing the history of it right now. You know what I mean? Like, like people talk about like, Oh, the OGs of the sport or whatever, but it's like, it's like, yo, like all of us are really going to be OGs. You know what I mean? Like we're we're, like, there's there's levels, dude. There's levels of OG, you know, like, and and people your age, you're all going to be your own generation's OG scooter. Exactly. Like, there's going to be kids who, who grow up like watching you ride and watching undialed and all that stuff. Like, and they're going to, they're to them. That's going to be the origination of scootering to them, you know, exactly. and to all these other people. Um, so there's definitely going to be levels of, of OGness for sure. I, I could definitely see that. And I'm just, I'm so excited. Like, I feel like, I feel like the, the beautiful thing about scootering is the fact that like, 
it's such a self-supported industry. Like we don't really have any outside influence help compared to other hobbies. You know what I mean? And it would be nice, but <laughs> and I feel, no, but but I feel like that's inevitable. I feel like it's inevitable that it's yeah. going to happen. And yeah, and I yeah. feel like once that initiation happens, and I feel like once the perception of scootering in the public eye kind of flips and it becomes something that people really want to like it becomes a desired thing instead of kind of a you know what I'm trying to say like an undesired like once it becomes like the shit to do then yeah. then scootering yeah. is gonna pop like more than it ever has like period and I just I can't yeah. wait to have like history in the sport before all of that happens and then when it does happen it's just like like yeah like we work for this shit you know what I mean like yeah, hell yeah <laughs> I mean I, I tell I tell John I tell Tommy Nick like all all my homies that are all out there riding for companies and pro scooter riders like yo we're the pioneers whether you want to fucking accept it or not like we're setting we're setting kids up so that the like little chris who's 13 the little homie that we'd be riding with like it's so kids like him when he's our age fucking 12 years from now when he's our age he will be able to make a living wage off of scootering you know like it sucks that the, there's so many dudes who cannot make a living wage from scootering and it sucks but it's an it, it you have to come to the realization that it, it's it's not plausible in in today's industry and the industry's still growing there's so much growing left to do in the scooter industry like so fucking much so we have to accept that like for me instance it's easier because i'll probably be filming these 13 year old kids when they're in their 20s you know what i'm saying i'm yeah, gonna be some yeah. old head with a camera filming you know like i'll always be able to do that like but not everyone is going to be able to ride like people like badger like reese john dev like you're not going to be able to ride and do these things forever mm-hmm. like so you have to come to terms and it's going to make it easier on yourself but you have to come to terms that you're not going to be the best of the best forever. And you're not going to be able to, to live like Nigel Houston at this day and age. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like how he can live off this skateboard paycheck and have all these brands, blah, blah, blah. But like, we're, but we're they, giving the opportunity for kids. Like we're building those bridges right now yes, that are going to, exactly. that are going to allow a Nigel in the future of scootering to yeah. happen. Dude. And, like John Dev said to me the other night, he was like, he said, dude, as long as kids will remember me, like we remember Rodney Mullen. He was like, I'll be okay. I'll be perfectly fine. I was like, if, if, so it's like, if 20 years from now, if people will still remember John Deb's video parts, still remember his nose Manny and manual game, you know, like everyone still takes that to heart and everyone still realizes that he is the one who had like broadcasted this, this form of technical riding into the industry because he is, he is one of the first people to really bring that kind of riding to this industry. And, and he's a pioneer for that dude. Like it's, it's like that line from the office. Like, uh, Andy says, um, at the very end, I wish I knew I was I wish I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I wish I knew is in the good times, you know? Yeah, so it's yeah. like, I, I, I wish we're realizing that. Now. Yeah. What was it? It was, I, I wish, uh, I wish that when I was in the good times, I knew they were the good times. Like, yeah, yeah. Something, something like, like that. that. I think it's yeah, so funny. I knew exactly what line. Yeah, facts. <laughs> but that's what it is, man. It's like, um, we're realizing that now that, dude, like, this isn't gonna, we're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to live off as a 25 year old adult who's a pro scooter rider, like, who's strictly a, a street scooter rider. You're not competing, you know, you're not competing anymore in contests. Like, 
you're, you're probably not going to be able to live the rest of your life off of that, off of just that. You're mm-hmm. going to have to find something else. Um, it's definitely a hard pill to swallow for some, but it, to me, if, if you really love scootering, it's not going to matter to you. Like you're going to be hyped one day because dude, these people like who are in, who are such OGs in the industry right now, they are the ones who need to branch off and start their own shit because they're the ones working slash riding for these corporate companies. And it's like, yo, learn what they're doing, yo, learn what they're doing, right. Learn what they're doing wrong. And then branch off. That's what skateboarding did. Yeah. All the industry, all the companies you see in skateboarding right now is 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 all rider uh, skater owned dudes. Like they all skate. They were all skaters at one point, and they all worked for these shitty corporate assholes who all they wanted was a was to get money for themselves and just fucking feed off of skateboarding and didn't really care about skateboarding at all. Those dudes saw that and were like, "Dude, fuck you guys! Like we're gonna." quit from you guys and we're going to branch off and we're going to start our own company. And then that's how all these companies came to be. And there's, they're corporate companies now, but there's skater owned corporate companies, like at the heart of it. For real. And and that's what, that's what scootering needs. Scootering needs that desperately. Um, especially if we want to have, have dudes who, who ride strictly in the streets and are strictly filming video parts, you know, they're not competing. They're not doing high flying tricks. Um, for dudes like that to eventually get as recognized as dudes like Jamie Foy and Nyjah Houston and all those street skaters, it's like, we need stuff like that. We We need dudes to step up. And I mean, I ain't saying I'm going to be the guy who does that (laughs) because I'm just, I'm just the guy with the camera, man. Like I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll film you guys videos, but I ain't trying to start no business or anything. Uh, I'll help. I'll help. I'll do the best I can to help you guys. But, um, I just think that's, that's what, that would be the next step for scootering. In my opinion, if there, if, if you had to write down a list of the steps that scootering has taken from 2000 all the way up to to 2020. So in 20 years of scootering, um, I think the next step would be that would be fuck these corporate companies. Like, these dudes who cared, they, the only reason they're in it is because they have money and they have their, like their hands in all these different things that give them a bunch of money. Um, well, they work hard for those get money, but they work <laughs> hard for all their money, but then they see scootering and they just see like, Oh, like, uh, this, this kind of booming, like this is popping off. Like we could do some cool stuff. Like, and so they get into these, in these industries, start these companies, make these brands. They last for a couple handful of years, you know, make great parts, blah, blah, blah. And then boom, Gone. out the window, there they go, you know? Um, so I think, I think some, some older riders are going to have to step up one of these days and, and really, really take initiative business wise in the industry to save it. Like, I'm not saying it's dying, but I'm just to, to, to get these dudes paid, to get filmers paid, to get to to have filming and photography be such a huge part of scootering like it is skateboarding bmx surfing snowboarding any sport basketball field hockey like any sport like video and photos are such a huge part of it and not the instant instant gratification part of filming and and photos like iphone stuff like legitimate professional video and photography work like and I think that's what it's going to take. So it's going to take for scootering to take its next step to really start pushing its limits a little bit more. 
So do you think that from what you're saying, do you think that the pandemic is potentially good for scootering then? Because I feel like that's been like almost been clearing out a couple like a like all kind of just like the shitty brands. Like it's been it's been clearing out just like like it's basically testing brands right now. Like like, do you love it? Do you love it? Are you going to keep it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. like you're not going to make yeah. any money immediately, but are you going to keep it? Like it's kind of putting this pressure and a lot of companies are cracking under it. And I feel like, yeah. I feel like by the, by the end of this, we might actually have like a whole new range of like, t- like top companies, you know, like I think about yeah. like, I think about like North scooters, for example. And it's like at one oh, point yeah. in time, like North scooters was, I'm just going to say it. Like they were just like an oil slick China company. Like straight yeah, up, nothing. They, like straight up, they 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 really were just kind of this like piece of shit company that had like a questionable logo. I I, I don't <laughs> and, and like I just I, I just I was like, damn, this company's like, like like it's cool, like like yeah, like China parts. But but I look at them now, and I'm just like, damn, North. Y'all are really fucking killing it right now. Like, yeah, they <laughs> like, are for real. And, 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 it's, and, and it's because they have riders behind them. Like, like they have John Dev on phone calls every morning. Like John Dev's in meetings all the time with North, like, and cause he's like the, the TM for North. Yeah. Um, and he's dude, he's in, he's in like FaceTime meetings, like almost every day, like at 8am till like noon, like with these dudes. And he's really like giving that rider perspective. And like that, that's that, Goes to what I was just talking about, like exactly. getting riders in these companies, like go work for these companies, yo. Like don't just ride for them. Like find out what they're actually doing. Find out what they're doing with their budgeting. Find out what they're doing with their marketing. Find out what they're doing with um, production. Like find out all these little things that will give you so much knowledge yeah. and that will eventually lead you to be able to branch off and do something on your own for real with with help from other homies you know so i feel like there needs there needs to be some rider owned park companies that really that really kill it because i feel like i feel like that's kind of an interesting thing about scootering is like it's like if you look at the street like the top street brands in scootering like for the most part they are all rider owned like like you have you have tilt it's like that's rider owned you have proto that's rider owned you have native that's rider owned you have north that's rider owned you have affinity you know i i go on tsi like all of those are rider owned, but it's like I feel like on the park side, it's like it's like we look at Envy. It's like they that is not rider owned. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah, there's yeah, there's yeah. corporate dudes doing that, and I don't want to call out any companies or that, but it, but it, yeah. but you know what I'm trying to say, and I and I feel like it'd be so cool for like a rider, especially on the park side, to to really like try to make the most quality park parts possible because i don't know it's kind of weird to me that like the top park decks are all made by like street brands like the top park deck is like an ethic ethic pandemonium or like an aztec or like an hydro deck you know i'm trying to say it it's like it's like why is there no like why is there not like a top like level park company who exclusively makes like like no this trick is for like this deck is for a box jump like you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, thanks, and I right. feel like they would have the opportunity to do so well. It's just like, and then if they were to do that well, like, could you imagine if they really started putting emphasis on video parts and video, put, put, like really start, like, I feel like that's such a hole in scootering that like the right person just needs to fill. And I don't know who that, who that would be, but like they're yeah, out there. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I mean, like I said earlier, like I think companies need to start stressing less social media yeah. presence 
and, and more just more more scootering presence. I like, feel like just. I feel like the goals need to be uh, extended out a little bit more. I feel like a lot of these companies have these really, really short-term, six-month plan goals of like, of like, you need to post this many times on Instagram to do like this, so that way in six months this will happen. But it's like, yo, a lot of these like marketing plans and a lot of these like organic ways that people become loyal customers, like they don't happen overnight and they don't happen with a post. You know what I'm trying to say? Like yeah, it happens yeah, it yeah. happens over a long period of time of consistent, repetitive, like uh reassurance of the brand. And and I feel yeah. like I feel like a lot of the companies that like don't necessarily like make their writers post consistently, because I, I don't have to post on any regular basis. Um and yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like a lot of the North writers are they don't I'm sure they don't have to, you know what I mean? And it's like it's like I feel like yeah. I feel like there doesn't need to be a set amount of posts to like gain loyalty. I feel like if there is a set amount of posts, it like almost like is unloyal. It just feels like the, this person is just getting paid to like post. You can tell in their work. I don't know. It's, you know, like that time of the year where it's like, oh, it's the envy. Envy prodigies are about to come out. Like when yeah. all the writers, <laughs> it's just like you can't look at your Instagram for like a day or two because it's just spam. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like there's so many better ways to go about that. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Definitely is. I mean, dude, social media is sick. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Instagram's sick as fuck. Um, social media is cool. It just, it needs to be used in proper ways. And I just, I don't, I just, it sucks seeing kids just grab a hold to Instagram because, like, when Instagram first came out, like, when I was filming Insta clips all the time, it was just because like I was at the skate park. Like even yeah. John Dev, when he was riding for Crisp, it was like, dude, like let's film Insta clips just because like we're bored, like got nothing else to do. Like especially living in Delaware, like like if you didn't ha- like I used to ask this question all the time. Like on my days off work when I lived in Delaware, it was like I would go to the skate park all day, all day long with the homies. Like go get food, hit another park at night, blah blah blah. Like every single day, and I was like, dude, if you don't hang out at skate parks, like what do you do? For real. Like, what do you do? like? What do you do on your days off? Like, like what do you like? Go to the mall? Like, <laughs> I, like I don't know. Like, I just it, it was always so Dude, like. I, t- I feel the exact same way. To I, me, I was I was wondering like, what it do people like, do? We just yeah, and we we just made Insta- Instagram videos for fun, and we still do, still do to this day. Still, just I film stuff just for fun. Like, uh, I and I would never want. That's why I never wanted to become like a pro scooter rider or aspire to be like the best scooter rider. Like. I'm content with my scootering. Finally, in at a point in my life, I've always just my intent on scootering was to always just be able to go to a skate park and hit every obstacle. Just cruise the skate park and I can just like ride and I can just do tricks, you know, like little simple stuff on on simple objects, you know. Um I never really wanted to do more than that. Um but I just I just think maybe I'm a little old, maybe just an old soul. Um, but, but videos and, and photographs to me will never die out. And I just think they get a little bit underappreciated yeah. in the scooter industry. Um, skateboarders dude. like, I hate comparing scootering to skateboarding because it's so, and it's I so hate comparing different. anything, yeah. I hate comparing anything to anything. I'm not a comparer. I'm never going to be like that. Um, I'm not that type of person. Um, but you you look at skateboarding, you look at snowboarding, you look at all these different action sports and, and even just sports in general. And it's just so focused on videos, so focused on videos and photos and, and covers of things, you know, back in the day, it was like getting your photo on a cover of a magazine or, 
or like even um back in the day when i was filming john dev for crisp when i was still using like canon like t5i's and stuff yeah, yeah, to film yeah. like um getting our videos posted on like um well trend kill was around at the time i think so i think i had a couple like of videos inside was on trend kill. but yeah all. inside yeah inside scooters and like um scoot mag and and like all these other things was just like yo like that made me so hyped Same, seeing my dude. video on there like seeing a video i made on there was just like oh shit like that's so sick like and i didn't even care like about like views like i never would like go to chris youtube and be like how many views did my latest video of john dev get you know like i never worried about that but just knowing that like it's posted on this on this website that's not mine that like i did not personally post like i just made the video put it out to the world this place grabbed it and put it on their own thing like that was so sick to me that is sick and and when you look at all these other industries um dude there's there's people that they send out skaters and a photographer to go just shoot photos at spots like not even film like they'll do some fucked up trick on this crazy ass spot just for a photo yeah like and that's how and that's how important photos are to the skateboard industry oh yeah and and that and that's what needs to happen from screwing but it's it's all up to these companies these companies don't have much money. They, they already are paying. They already all want to have their, their pro team stacked as fuck and have all these crazy dudes just for the clout. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they want them because they have all these followers on Instagram. So they put them on their teams and they stress Instagram stuff. They stress social media stuff, but it's like, they, there's other things that should be stressed. And, and, and some like, I'm not saying like, yo, if someone has a shit ton of followers and are really good at scootering and you want them on their team because of that, that's not a bad reason to have them on your, your team. Definitely makes sense, but push them, yo, push them to start doing better things than just Instagram. Like yeah, yeah, start yeah. making, start making people appreciate videos. Like, um, like Jordan Robles just linked up with Rudy and like filmed a park video for ethic in North Carolina. And like, yo, it was the fucking best video of ever, like best park video ever. Like, other than the one Paris filmed with Tommy for the scooter farm a while back, like, dude, there's not many just like well put together park videos. There's not. It's like, yeah. And like, like Devin Sidlowski had asked me, he was um talking about Scoot Fest. He was like, how did that feel? Like, is that weird? Like going to a skate park and having like a real ass camera? Like, isn't that weird? And I was like, no, I was like, that should happen. I was like, that should happen. I was like, dude, I go to Linda, I would go to Linda Vista and see people like shooting, sh- like skateboarding with red cameras in the bowl. And I'm like, Oh shit, what are they doing over there? Like run over there, see what they're doing, see what they're shooting with. Like, I love that stuff. I love seeing professional work at them in skate parks because like, why not? Why not? Like, skate-, <laughs> skate parks are literally built perfectly for you to do tricks on unlike street spots. So it's like, why not film a real video there? Like, yeah, now that, that, that's interesting that Devin asked you, like he asked you like, oh, you went to a skate park and filmed like that, like with a a real Mm -hmm. camera, like, like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like he like has been at skate parks. Like, I feel like I've seen edits of him that like are filmed like agencies at skate parks. I I literally told him, I said, dude, I literally filmed like a, a, a minute and a half video of you at Linda Vista like a couple years ago. Like, you know, <laughs> obviously know what that's like. He's just, a, he's, he, he just likes to, he just likes to shit talk a little bit. Yeah. Um, when, when, when shit isn't as cool as he thinks it, it's supposed to be, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's just, Sev, that's just Sev Dev. 
I love him so much. So, so tell me, tell me something real quick. So Claremont is closed, right? Oh yeah. So yeah, we sneaked but, in through a hole in the fence. But you guys still filmed there. Yeah, we went through a hole in the fence. <laughs> tell me, and, tell um, me about that. Tell, tell me about that. <laughs> um, oh well, dude, dude, since they've been closed to the public since March, um, and uh, Domo Dominic Trone, um, he rides there all the time. He's like, dude, we just hopped the fence. And I was like, where they don't even care. He was like, no, he was like, dude, they have summer camps still going on. And he was like, they would see us riding and like not say anything. And then when we were filming there for scoop fest, like, um, right when we were packing up to leave, um, an employee had came and like, he was hella chill. Like he was mad cool. He was just like, Oh, what's up dudes? Like just wrapping up. And we're like, yeah, like just doing some filming for this video contest, blah, blah, blah. He's like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, summer camp's about to start. Um, what did you guys like come through the hole in the fence? And we were, I was just like, yeah. <laughs> like, yep. I was like, I ain't gonna lie. You know, like Sean Cardwell was like, um, what hole? Like, like I, I like, what's the word? Um, sarcastically, he was like, yeah. what hole in the fence? But I was just like blatant, like, yep. Yeah. And, and he was like, oh, word, that's cool. He's like, yeah, like as long as you guys aren't here, like when the kids are here, like I don't care. And I was just like, <laughs> All right, I was Dope. like, dude, that's that's what I said to all of them. They're all everyone, like all the Scoot Fest riders I was with. They're all like, "Oh no, like we're breaking into Claremont." I was like, "Dog, this is not my first rodeo of breaking into a place to ride it." So <laughs> you got. I was all. I was, so, I, wait, wait, I was so, very laid back. So, so that that brings up an interesting question: is is Claremont now street? <laughs> Pretty much because you got to break in there to get like, in there, like, you hop a fence. You got to so. hop a fence to ride it. Like it, like how is it not a spot? It's now a spot. Claremont <laughs> Skate Park is now Skater a Cross spot. is a spot now. <laughs> it's, like, it's a street mega ramp. The street mega ramp. Funny. <laughs> when yeah, parents so come into the farm, funny. when parents come into the farm, they're like, "Oh, is there any skate parks around?" You'd be like, "There's a pretty good spot down the street." Yo, they just—they told me today, actually. Um, uh, they everyone like hopped the fence and shit to go ride Claremont yesterday, and some kid like snapped his leg, dude, and they had to like call an ambulance, and like um, the ambulance had to like fucking like cut the gate to like get in to like get this kid who like broke his fucking leg like in hat like dude dom dom said like he snapped his leg so bad and then um they said like kids were like breaking into like the little like like you know you want to get into the skate park you gotta walk through that little building at yeah. Claremont. like kids were breaking in there and like stealing shit damn I was about I was to say, like, I was about to say, it's it's only a matter of time before some kid really fucks themselves up there at the skate park. It's only a matter of time. Like, like if there's no supervision, like, like even if there Especially is supervision, now, yeah, dude. it's like imagine if they're breaking in. Like that's just not that's not like a little ramp just to like goof off on. Like that's like a oh, real definitely thing. Definitely not. <laughs> like they still have they still have their like one little um their one little section with like the mini ramp uh like with the fly out and um. They're like little little down rail. Like this whole street section's gone. They're gonna completely rebuild that. Um, but it's all under new management now. Um yeah, so like what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah, facts. I heard that too. The dudes, the Woodward dudes are supposed to come do that shit. They have everything like they have all the wood and all the material like laid out in the park, but like all just like stacked up and shit in like a corner. 
Um, but I just know it's under new management and um, we weren't able to like bring our summer camp kids there all throughout the summer. Um, I, I, I've never heard the guy's name who runs it now. I've never heard any details. I just like know that he's just like not down for SD anymore. What? Um, yeah. Like that's why they didn't have one. Wait, 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 wait. Here. Well, wait. not the one that Andrew canceled, but the next one they were going to have, they were going to have another one after Andrew canceled the year prior. And then, um, the dude doesn't want it. The dude who owns, uh, apparently this is, I just, I heard this. I, I do not know if it's a hundred percent or anything, yeah, but yeah. that's what I heard that he was just like, not down. I was like, what do you mean you're not down? Like it brings so many people to your fucking skate park. Like that's like such a legendary scooter comp. Like they can't just cancel that. Like we'll just street jam it. We'll just say meet up at the park at this time. Yo, meet up at the Claremont spot. <laughs> Imagine, imagine doing a jam at Claremont and calling it a street we'll, jam. <laughs> we'll ride, we'll ride the street mega ramp, dude. It's fucking hash. <laughs> <laughs> it's street now. <laughs> I can't believe that. Oh my gosh. So, so is that like, is that like the only park in San Diego that's really been affected? Or has all the other ones like, like, tell me, oh, like, yeah, what yeah. what's COVID yeah. been like in so- SoCal? Has it been? Crazy. Dude, in the beginning of COVID, me and John Dev filmed an entire part up for him for North. Um, that's coming out kind of soon ish. I don't oh, know. Hell yeah, I love his videos. We're pretty much done. I don't know why we haven't done anything with it yet. Um, it's literally on my computer and finished. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, dude, I was filming non dude. I was going to school. Like, dude, it was the best. Like COVID was honestly sick in the beginning. Cause like, dude, we can go to schools every single day. Um, like from March all through summer. So like <laughs> we got, we got really, really used to going to schools. Um, and then for scoot fest, I was supposed to, Derek Mar was supposed to have a street part as well. He was supposed to do park and street. And I was like, and we were like running out of time. And I was like, dude, like we got like one day where we can go out and ride street spots and maybe finish your video in one day. Um, and I was like, if we can get into some schools, it'll be no problem. And all the, like, this was just a month ago. So or a couple of weeks ago, um, and all the schools were like faculty was there and there's so many people there now, like schools yeah. are in session. Everyone's doing online, but there's teachers there and fucking faculty and stuff. So like schools are definitely a bust now, but the beginning of COVID was sick, like being able to ride every day, going to schools and actually doing like getting productive filming done was, was very nice. Um, especially in a time where we normally don't, yeah. we normally can't go to schools, you know? So that was really tight. Um, but San Diego opened up real quick, like with indoor seating for restaurants, um, bars and stuff like that opened up pretty quick, um, lasted a pretty long time. We're fucking back to like code purple or some, something. I don't know. <laughs> what is that? Like love. Yeah, we're like level purple or something like that, <laughs> which is like the highest level you can be for COVID or whatever. So like um, Scooter Farm, we can only have like 25% of its normal occupancy like in the building, um, which is kind of a lot of people because to be honest, Scooter Farm is pretty big if you include the skate park. Um, yeah. Like determining amount of people that you can fit inside yeah, the Scooter farm. Yeah, Scooter Farm is itself. pretty big now that I'm thinking about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like the shop itself is small, but... Like if we needed to make a line, you could make a hefty line through the skate park, you know? So like mad people could fit in the skate park. Um, so we're not too stressed on that, but like restaurants are all just outdoor seating now, no more indoor seating. 
Um, can't be out past 10. Can't be out before. Can't really? be out before. Yeah. It's like, the, we have a curfew. It's like 10, 10 PM to 5 AM. Um, Hershey, he, he moved to Ohio. They just start a curfew as well. It's like wow. 10 to 10 to five. Yeah. That's crazy. But other than, yeah, I mean, I don't go out past 10 anyways, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to do all that. And I ain't trying to go out. I ain't trying to get sick. So. Could you imagine living in Australia like during all this? I'm seeing like the boys out there that they are just like they're actually locked down. <laughs> yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of places were like really fucked. Like San Diego was not that bad. Yeah, Arizona's been this, super like, chill this whole time. Oh, dude, when I when I came last time I was in Arizona, it's exactly the same as when you were here. <laughs> it was like not even for the farm trip, but like I was there prior. I was there camping in the middle of a desert, like in, um, in burritos area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what, whatever he lives. Like Death Valley. Yeah. There's a, well, there was a dude that there's a skater dude that Rudy knows. And he literally lives in the, like what's burritos area called the one he lives in now. It's just um, like West Phoenix. Good. Good year. Not good year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was in good year. Literally, you just like pull off the side of the road, dude, and like take these crazy back roads through like in the desert. And then, like, he has like a hut built that's underground that he lives in, and he's building like a bowl, like a skateboard is that, bowl. Is that the bowl that that Reese in his video? There was like, there was like yeah, the spray paint. That, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, that's yeah. where we were at. That's literally in the middle of fucking nowhere. And so we went and stayed out there. And dude, we were going in the restaurants and like, ah, fuck, what, what month was that? I forget. Um, it was probably, probably at least five months ago, I'd say that I, that was that when I was there. Um, and dude, no one was wearing masks anywhere. I was still wearing my mask just cause like, I ain't, I ain't trying to get sick. Like, and I ain't trying to get no one sick if I For got real. that shit and I don't have symptoms, you know? So, um, but it was just crazy how different it was in Arizona than compared to SD then. I was just like, Whoa, like y'all don't give a fuck. For like, real. All right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been, it's been wild here. Like, I feel like covid covid has happened you have to wear a mask every time you go inside somewhere like but it's like yeah, yeah. i feel like one thing that hasn't changed during covid is like the vibe at skate parks i feel like if anything skate parks have gotten more crowded because of covid like oh dude yeah skate parks i i don't even go to skate parks dude seriously like if me and john dev go to a skate park it's like we try to go to a skate park that's that no one goes to, you know, like I can't go to Linda Vista. I went to Linda Vista to film clips of Becca and literally got in an argument with this old skater head. Like, and I was about to get in a fight with him. Like every single time I go to Linda, someone has something to say to me and I don't take shit like that kindly. Wait, um, so, so you're saying Linda has been like super packed recently. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Also uh, every like skate parks around me, at least like, I mean, PQ's mellow all the time. PQ's never really too packed. Um, but ma- mainly it's Linda Vista. Linda Vista is the main skate park that like me as a scooter rider, I will getting, get in a fight with a skater there really? because they I got feel something like, to fucking say. I feel like every time I've been there, people have been kind of chill, but I feel like, I feel like that was like when it was still kind of a new park. I feel like maybe the locals there have like set, settled in now. I, I don't know. It's yeah, like, it, it, it's, it's always random people to be honest. Like when I like do, when we go to like Lakeside or PQ or Poway or anything like that, it's like, or even like even more down South, like going to the, the tinier skate parks and stuff yeah, too. Yeah. Um, where, where like all the skate mafia dudes skate and shit, like, like they don't give a fuck. Like they don't care. Like they think we're sick. Like even if they don't think we're sick, 
they don't say anything. Yeah, they don't say like shit. They keep, they're, they're adults. They keep their mouth shut. They don't, if you don't got something nice to say, you don't say it at all. <laughs> For simple. real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's like, dude, like, and it's just the, the lack of respect not, not, I'm not asking for respect as a scooter rider. I'm asking for respect as a human being that, that wants to go to a skate park to enjoy himself. You know, no, I feel it's you. like, dude, like we're all just here trying to have fun. Like fucking relax. Why you gotta be yelling and getting mad? Like chill out. Who cares? Someone got in your way. Like the skate park. It's like it's, go ride a street spot, dude. Like get out of here. If you don't want anyone in your way. For real. It's, it's so funny. Like the disconnect people have between like almost dehumanizing people about what thing they ride at the skate park. Like if you compare like a skateboarder, biker, scooter rider all together, it's like, all right, here's like a, here's like usually a male, usually Mm. a younger male. And they're going to this place to almost hurt themselves without hurting themselves in order to get, in order to (laughs) trick their brain into thinking that they're going to hurt themselves, but they don't hurt themselves. And the whole point is that they're not going to hurt themselves, but they're going to get really close. That's the entire really point. Close. Yeah. And, and when you break it down like that, it's like, come on, dude. Like, and, and, and it's so funny. It's like, when you, when you think about it, it's like, it's just like, guys, we're all doing the same thing here. Like, yeah. like this, I just, I just prefer to almost hurt myself this way. <laughs> I just, I, I can't, I can't stand, I can't stand the hatred. I can't stand, the the sass i can't stand like getting on a skateboard scooter bike skates fucking pogo stick like who cares like a little kid gets in your way to skate park like yo it sucks that's annoying right but like is that really going to ruin your day (laughs) like like you really want that to ruin your day as like especially the dude like at um at linda the other day it's like bro like dude he was like in his 60s and i'm just like dog like grow up like who cares dude like i'll stand there filming becca and he just like comes skating right by me like three different times like i'm on like a bank to ledge it's like i'm standing on the bank here's the ledge and like he would just come right by me and like give a quick like skirt like give a quick power slide like literally like centimeters away from my feet and I was just like, yo, are you good? And he like takes his headphones out and turns around all mad. And he's like, what? And I was like, are you all right? I was like, can't you see I'm standing here like trying to film this clip of her? Like, he's like, yeah, well, you're all like standing in the way. And I was like, yo, have you ever heard of like asking someone nicely to move? Like, seriously, like you could have just been like, hey, dude, like I want to skate right there. Like you mind looking out when I come through and I've been like, Hell yeah, dude. I'll get out of your fucking way. My bad. It's just like respect like, is so important. Yeah, it's just, dude, it's respect as a, as a human being. It's like, yo, like if I see someone filming on a ledge that I want to ride at a skate park, I'm going to just wait till they're done. Like, yep. it's not going to ruin my day because I didn't get to ride this ledge that day that's there every single day. <laughs> for real. Like, for real. I don't, I don't understand the skate park beef. I don't get it. To me, it's stupid. It's it's people who who don't understand real the realness of whatever sport they're doing. You know, I've noticed like, whenever it, anyone is good at whatever they they're doing, those people are always the ones are to never like say anything to you. But it's the people who are not so good at their activity that I feel like have to say things in order to fill the void of what they're feeling about themselves. Yeah, because they want to be cool. They want to yeah. fit in with. They want to fit in with skaters in the industry. So they're like, oh, skateboarders, 
hate scooter riders. So like, if I want to be cool in skateboarding, I should hate scooter riders, <laughs> not thinking like, Oh, maybe I should like practice my tricks a little bit harder and <laughs> try to get better at skating. For real. And it's like dudes want to talk shit on like me and John, when we go to skate parks and it's like, yo, what are you 40 years old? And you skate for fun on the weekends after your nine to five job, you piece of shit. Like how much money do you make out of your industry? How, how many, how many, how many people in the skate industry really like care and respect you as a person? I'm like, Oh, none, none of them. Like, like exactly. Like I don't ever want to pull that card. Like, cause I'm a humble person, but like, yo, if you're going to talk shit about me riding a scooter, when I literally make a living off of this industry, like, and you make literally you, all you do is give the industry money. Yeah. You don't get money. You give them money. Like, Come on, dude. Like, do you know what I thought was really interesting to watch is, do you remember when, when all of the, the BLM things were happening? And I feel like it was like a particular day, like blackout Tuesday, you remember when, when that was happening I, and all like the corporate brands. And I noticed a lot of skate companies were like really posting a lot of things about how like we do not tolerate, like, like we, we like everyone is inclusive in our community. Like yeah. every, everyone is this, that. And it made me so mad when the skateboard companies posted shit like that. Cause I was like, <laughs> you guys are all capping right now. Every single one of you guys are capping right now because, because like, like you will, you will show, like you will post the, like the gay pride flag. You will post that and you will still go to the skate park and scream at a six year old and call him gay. Like, yeah, like, it's just like it's just like so do you guys include everyone or is this just a marketing plan like yeah because scooter exactly. riders we really do include everyone like oh, i feel like <laughs> i feel like out of out of any action sports out of, industry no 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 scooter, out of any industry any industry yeah any scooter, industry scooter riders like dude like i i have made so many friends just because they ride scooters, you know, Max. like, and like, I don't, it's like, dude, I don't care what else you do. Like you, you like to ride scooters. So do I like, dude, we have such a huge thing in common. And I feel like majority of the scooter community are all homies. Like, yeah, yeah. Whether, whether, whether you, you really dislike the way they do things, you know, like there's, there's people in the industry where I'm like, Oh, like, why are they posting shit like that? Like they're cornballs, blah, blah, blah. But like, <laughs> Doesn't doesn't mean I hate them. I still love them as a person. I'll still tell them, like I'll tell them, but yo, that was corny. But like, do you like if that's working for you? Fucking do it. Who cares? Who am I? Like, don't don't listen to me. If I think that something is corny and you like it, who cares? You know, (laughs) like who fucking cares? Like, do what you love to do. That's why we ride scooters. Is because we all want to do what we want. We all want to do what we love. I feel like it's so like, at the end of the day, like if you aren't doing like maybe you don't have to make a career off of doing what you love because I feel like that's a, that's potentially unrealistic for a lot of people. But yeah, if you're not yeah, if you're man. not actively pursuing at least one thing in your life you you really love with the time that you have to do that, like what's even the point of living? Like nothing. You're just hating. You're a hating ass bitch. You're it's like it's like if you're, your whole life. If if you're not really doing something in your life, and that could be basket weaving for all I care. But if you like, <laughs> it's like it, it's like if you're not doing something you love, like like why are you here? Like like yeah. you you went through like the crazy odds of actually being born a human to sit around and not do something you love, not to pull those chemicals out of your brain that make you feel so good. Yeah. Like what? Fuck you! Like <laughs> like you need yeah, to be doing exactly. something. <laughs> I always feel bad for him because it's like, damn, you're missing out on so much of like the color in life. Yeah. Some people just don't find that shit. Some people just don't. Some people find it in different ways. I feel like what if people do, find. Do you ever think about like, 
Do you ever think about like, what if people from like different generations were just born? Like, what if the best football player of all time was born in like the 1600s? And like, he just was a farmer. But like, if he was born now, <laughs> he would have been like the King Tom Brady or something. Facts, no one will ever, no, no one, one will, will ever, ever be able to surpass the guy that was born in the 1600s that was, like, in God's eyes, was supposedly supposed to be the best football player. But no, you guys just didn't want to invent it yet. Like, like you see those mountains over there? He really could throw the ball over them. Oh, yeah. Facts, he could throw pigskin over them mountains. <laughs> but damn, dude. Well, hey, John, we've been we've been talking for a while and I, I've really enjoyed what you've had to say. I feel like you're such a positive person for the scooter community. And I'm so Thank happy you. that Thank you're you. like a piece of it and that you're motivated and you're stoked and you just want the best out of it. I feel like I feel like that's you're that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast. I needed to show people yeah. who who John is because I feel like you're such an amazing guy. So thank you so much for coming on. I really yeah, appreciate baby. it. Yeah, no problem, bud. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed this a lot. It was a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, look out for the next episode and leave your comment about this episode because I really want to hear what you guys say. I'm going to go through and read all those comments. So yeah, just thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, John, for for taking your time and, and doing this for me. And yeah, well, I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Hell yeah, baby. All right. Peace out. All right. Peace, baby.